dangerous song. Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. She'd gotten out of town to process what was happening to her and likely to not be around the rumor mill while she was pregnant. And after that visit, Mary's response, the Magnificat, Mary's song. In it, she communicates some subversive and dangerous ideas. God scatters the proud. God brings down the powerful from their thrones. God lifts the lowly. God fills the hungry with good things and sends the rich away empty. This is a song of liberation. Those who have been for too long overlooked and oppressed are the chosen ones. Once again, we see the reversal of the way things are to the way they can be. God turns the way of power and privilege upside down. That's God's way. UCC minister Nancy Rockwell, who used to write the blog The Bite in the Apple for Patheos.com, wrote an essay in 2015, No More Lying About Mary. In it, she pointed out the liberation themes of the Magnificat. She also says that the way Mary is usually portrayed in liter literature and from the pulpit as meek and gentle are way off base. The subjugation of Mary, she says, the maligning of her as meek, mild, and mindless has been harmful to millions of women over many centuries. And also this, Mary is unmarried when the angel comes. The angel's invitation to her independent decision tells us that Mary does not need permission of clergy or her parents to become pregnant. God knows Mary owns her own body and there is no shame in her decision. Mary is good news for unwed mothers everywhere. That fits with the very unmeek nature of Mary's song. It's considered to be a dangerous song by governments. It has been. The Guatemalan government in the 1980s considered it to be dangerous because of the worries that it might encourage the poor and the oppressed to rise up. It was banned in Argentina in the 1970s after the mothers of the disappeared, the Madres de Plaza de Mayo, used to used it to call for nonviolent resistance to the ruling military junta in the mid-1970s. The mothers of the disappeared were mothers of children who had been abducted by the Argentinian and Chilean dictatorships. They were joined by allies and were the subject of a U2 song, Mothers of the Disappeared, in 1987. There are also older references to the Magnificat being banned from being read or sung in India under British rule in the late 19th century. Imagine if people sang the song and realized that God did not intend for children to die of hunger or illness, or that God did not intend that people live in poverty, or that children should be abducted by a corrupt government, or that anyone should have to live life exploited, outcast, or powerless. That's the Magnificat, God scatters the proud. God brings down the powerful from their thrones. God lifts the lowly. God fills the hungry with good things and sends the rich away empty. During this Advent season, we're preparing for the celebration of Christ's birth. We're preparing for a celebration of joy, peace, hope, and love. But we're not preparing for something tame or something that enforces the status quo where power brings more power and poverty brings more poverty. 
We're preparing and living out the good news. We're preparing to be individuals and a congregation of love and justice following Jesus' lead. And our inspiration this morning, this afternoon, anytime you're watching, comes from a subversive and liberating song from Mary. Anything but meek and mild, she was and remains a visionary, a powerful voice for justice. So let us live out joy, peace, hope, and love together. Let us work together for transformation, the kind that recognizes and celebrates our differences, the very gifts of all at the table of justice and love, a table that includes the voices of all ages, races, creeds, orientations, gender, gender identity, all, no one relegated to the fringes. God scatters the proud. God brings down the powerful from their thrones. God lifts the lowly. God fills the hungry with good things and sends the rich away empty. Joy, peace, hope, love, and justice. Amen.